Welcome to the Pirate's Eye Podcast, produced by Seton Hall's Alumni Engagement and Philanthropy Department. I'm your host, Bianca Velez, fellow Pirate, class of 2010 alumna, and each month I'll be sitting down with an alumnus to chat about their career, life journey, and the role that Seton Hall has played in getting them where they are today, or continues to play. show this month is class of 2013 graduate Anna Negron. Anna shares with us her motto of saying yes to opportunities and how that motto has led to early success in her career. Just eight years out of college and she already holds the title of senior publicist of ESPN's college sports team. Take a listen to Anna's story and the way her experiences at Seton Hall have shaped her journey. Anna, thank you so much for joining me today on the Pirate's Eye podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. (laughs) Absolutely, as am I. And you have an exciting career story, and you also have a very fun Seton Hall student story. So Seton Hall being part of the road that led to your career, let's kick off with the road that led you to Seton Hall. So where are you originally from, and how did you find yourself becoming a pirate? Uh, so I am from Vineland, New Jersey. So it's about two hours and some change from, you know, Seton Hall. So Seton Hall at the time was one of, you know, the only uh, sport management programs, at least in the Northeast, to my knowledge. And so um, it was actually the only school I visited. I love the proximity to New York City. You know, I just felt like the opportunities were sort of endless. Um, and that is uh, why I chose to be a pirate. <laughs> Seton Hall was the only college that you visited the only college I visited yeah I applied to a handful of schools but um, it was the only school I visited and you know I just sort of fell in love with everything I loved you know the the environment you know I liked how small it was but how big it felt if that makes sense I mean I just felt like it was a great fit for me And now I know you went to Seton Hall to focus on your sport management program, but you jumped into so much more, including being a Seton Hall Sapphire. How did that shape your college experience? Yeah, I mean, I love, I loved being a Sapphire. And I think, you know, obviously I, I still am very close with the girls that I was on the team with, but that aspect of my school experience was important because it allowed me to, you know, to have fun, but to also have those responsibilities, whether it came to like going to practices or having a set schedule with games. So I really think it sort of helped me just in the overall structure of what it was to be part of that team. And obviously getting to go to different campus events, getting to, you know, to dance at all of the basketball games. You know, obviously I love sports. I was always really into sports. So it gave me, uh, you know, a a free front row seat, you know, to a really exciting time while I was there. Absolutely. So let's talk about your love of sports a little bit. How did that come to be? Growing up, you know, a Hispanic family, so always watching baseball, basketball, any sort of sports we were all watching as a family. You know, my dad was a baseball coach for for a number of years. And, you know, my mom is is really into basketball. She's a huge fan of the Mets. Um, My brother played sports and and ran in high school. So um, those were all things that 
were part of my upbringing. And, you know, I played as well. I played basketball and softball. But as I got older, I realized that I was not as athletically inclined as I maybe thought I was. And so it was one of those, like, I I danced for a number of years as well. And so, you know, as I got older, you know, you have to make decisions because there's so much going on. You know, you're trying to balance a number of things. And I played softball my freshman year of high school and then sort of realized that maybe wanted to go in a different direction just with my overall involvement in sports. And so that led me to uh, managing various high school teams uh, from basketball to baseball. Um, and so that that really sort of established, you know, what I wanted to do and what I saw my future in within sports. And that's, that's what I think really molded me was, you know, being, being around various athletes and like keeping the scorebooks and being at exciting soccer games and, um, you know, keeping the books at a baseball game and announcing, you know, batters as they came up. So those were all things, you know, that were really fun for me, Um, you know, and and I knew that it was important to me as I got into a career that it was still part of who I was and what I was doing. That's amazing that you had that clarity at such a young age. I I feel like oftentimes we're talking to college students about the track that they come into versus the track that they leave with versus the career that they choose. And sometimes that can fluctuate a little bit. So it's interesting that you came in with that level of clarity. Yeah, it did fluctuate for me a little bit too, because I remember at least going into Seton Hall, my initial plan was to finish my sport management degree and then to go to law school to be a sports agent. But that changed drastically. Uh, I think mostly when I saw like what it took to go in, you know, to go to law school and the time, the time commitment and how expensive it was, you know, there were a lot of factors. But when I got my first internship while I was at Seton Hall, that sort of sealed the deal for me as far as, you know, wanting to be within like the communication space and being involved with, with public relations. And what was that internship? So I actually interned for the Mets which was a, I was a huge hit with my family with that one. (laughs) But that was interesting. You know, I was, I was a sophomore when I had that internship and because of my classwork uh, or my course, my coursework, I should say, I was only able to intern on the weekends. And for anyone that's interned, you know, within PR, you know, they kind of know what that looks like. But for folks that don't, um, you know, when you're an intern for a sports team, a lot of what you do specifically in the beginning of the day is a lot of collecting press clips, you know, running copies, like recaps and things like that. So that required me to be at City Field by like seven o'clock in the morning. Wow. So if anyone knows that commute from South Orange to Flushing, uh, it's not, uh, it's not short. <laughs> So there were times where I would be walking to the train station at like four thirty, five o'clock in the morning and like walking by people who were like coming back from parties. So <laughs> that experience was a little funny because it's like, gosh, like I'm, you know, putting in all this work in this time while I'm like walking by my friends who are coming back from parties. But, uh, you know, it, it was it was all <laughs> worth it. <laughs> yeah. No, I can actually identify with that because when I was in Seton Hall, I also took an internship at a news network that involved covering a morning weekend show. And the morning shows, you know, start at about six in the morning. And I also 
from Jersey City, though, was on the train with the crew that was returning back from a fun night. I was on the train heading in before the sun rose <laughs> into the city. So I can identify with that pain for sure. Yes, I feel like everyone at some point in their college career has some sort of like crazy wild story about, you know, their hustle and grind. But, you know, it, it was it was just part of my hustle, to, you know, to, to get where I wanted to be. <laughs> right. And now you're the senior publicist for the college sports team, part of the communications department at ESPN. Talk to me about what that's like and how did you actually get there? It is a whirlwind day in and day out. You know, obviously ESPN is a huge company um, under the Walt Disney umbrella. And so um, there are a lot of things that go into my job, but I guess it's sort of an overview. I am the lead contact for the College Game Day franchise. So I handle promotion for both the football and the basketball show. I also handle men's basketball, um, which obviously is very close to my heart because of my Seton Hall roots and ties. Right. Uh, and I also handle a number of college uh, other like school-sponsored sports, lacrosse, wrestling. And I also handle our ESPN events division, which owns and operates a number of events across college football and college basketball. So uh, I handle a pretty pretty hefty portfolio uh, from a property standpoint. Sounds like uh, you know, but but I love I love what I do. I love the people I work with, and you know what what the job entails. Absolutely. And how did you find yourself at ESPN? I feel like for someone with a sports background, how perfect is it to land in that organization? It's it's humbling, I think, to you know, for me, I sort of had almost like a panic moment because I was, I think, 24 going on 25 when I was hired at ESPN. And that for me, that's like my dream job. So to get it, you know, when I did was a little shocking. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think, you know, the years of, of work that I put into it, you know, sort of set me up for, for that uh, level of success. And so, Gosh, so so many roads and journeys that brought me to ESPN. But uh, so I was a I was a public relations associate with the U.S. Army All American Bowl for two years, and so that was sort of my first full time position, and that really taught me a lot of the groundwork as far as interview requests and scheduling, press junkets, and on site event execution, um, live events, working with broadcast television at the time. Uh, NBC was was the broadcast partner of the bowl. I think they actually now own the bowl. Mm. So a lot of different dynamics that went into that job. And, you know, it, it's a relatively small company. So the PR department uh, was a department of three that was then a department of two. Um, oh. So I got to handle a lot of the stuff, you know, that would typically have been split among a number of people. Right. So that really, I think, prepared me for uh, the job that I'm doing now. And, you know, the interesting thing about it all, um, and it's a story I like to tell because, you know, I have this motto, you know, if you have the ability to do something, don't say no. And, you know, that was sort of my motto when I was in college, because I was just looking to gain any and all experience I could, you know, to add to my resume to be able to talk about. And my senior year at Seton Hall, I was able to be a volunteer at the Big East Conference uh, tournament. And 
that allowed me to work with a number of people within the conference office, including a man named John Paquette, who I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with because he is the head of communications for men's basketball at the conference. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was helping him with just, you know, in press conferences or, you know, with credentials and just really shadowing how, um, you know, the operation of such a big event um, happens. And when it came time to apply to ESPN, the hiring manager actually worked for the Big East Conference for a number of years. And when she saw that uh, volunteer, that volunteer, uh, like listing on my resume, she ended up calling John. And so that was three or four days, I think, that I spent with John, you know, and he thankfully, you know, spoke very highly of me. And I think that was a key part of of why I got the job because, you know, people look for those connections and they look to see, you know, how that person functions and how they were, um, you know, it could have been an hour, it could have been a couple of days, a couple of weeks, but you know, it, it, it mattered in the grand scheme of things. And I'll be forever, forever grateful for that experience because uh, it, it sort of uh, created a bridge for me. Right. That's amazing. I love that story because I think that, as a as a young person, as a college student, or even as a young professional, it's not really clear all the bridges that you're building necessarily and which one is going to play a role later on in your profession. And this is a perfect example of that and how well it ended up serving you. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I, I think too, it's hard, you know, like I remember, you know, getting on trains and like, like not knowing if I have enough money to like get on the subway, but just like figuring it out, you know? So, you know, if you, if you have the mentality of sort of, you know, you know, getting to the places that you want to go and figuring out a way to do it, you know, just go for it. You know, I, I find now there are very, you know, and, it, it's weird because now that I'm in my role, like there are students that are coming to me to like talk to me for advice. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like not realizing that I'm I don't like like eight years removed from college. Like I am that person now. Yeah. So it's a little weird. But, you know, there are very few occasions where I'll say no. You know, I'm I'm always willing to help people. And so that's one of the other things I say too to students, like don't ever be afraid to reach out to somebody to just, you know, get pick their brain or get some thoughts or just run your resume by them. You know, all of that is important in the grand scheme of things. Absolutely. And speaking of that, I think that one of the conversations that historically has happened with women entering the world of the sports profession is that it's a world that's male dominated from many of the angles. As a woman in the mm-hmm. industry, do you feel like that's true or has it changed? Is there still more work to do? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's true to a certain extent. I will say I think I was very fortunate in that when I got into, you know, the, the workspace and interning, almost all of my bosses were women and women of color. Wow. And so I, I was very fortunate, I think, because it allowed me to learn about how to navigate the space as a woman and as a woman of color. Right. You know, there there certainly are still obstacles. And, you know, as we continue these conversations around diversity and inclusion and equity, you know, I think it's important to note that there are still challenges. You know, I, I would never shy away and say, oh, no, everything's great now because it's not. <laughs> But I feel that there are more women in the space 
now than even when I started interning back in 2010. Right. So there is movement being made, you know, and I think that my experience in having women of color as leaders um, really shaped me and molded me in that I was able to sort of gauge that experience, um, you know, engage how they operated in the space and how well respected they were. Right. Respect is number one to me. And so, you know, I think that's really important. That's amazing that you're able to just see yourself in people who have leadership positions, right? And and understand that that's a space that you can navigate and manage and that belongs to you as well. Yeah. I mean, even when I was at Seton Hall, you know, for a long time, the director of the sport management program was Dr. Ann Mayo. And so even even in my Seton Hall days, like Dr. Mayo was, you know, obviously one of the first people in terms of guiding me through the program. And I'm grateful to her as well. Now, you are still pretty young in your career. You've already achieved great success. But where do you see yourself going next? How do you envision your professional growth taking shape? I don't know. (laughs) I'm joking. It's hard. I will say. And I know it's I, I hope it doesn't sound like pretentious when I say like, oh, I got to ESPN at, at 24. Like I've been here for five years. I don't know what's next, but it's, it's hard. You know, when you're, when you're in a job like this, that you, you know, I didn't envision getting a job like this until way further on in my career. Right. And so I've had to do a lot of soul searching to sort of figure out what's next. And I think, you know, being able to tap into the different things, even at ESPN, you know, from diversity and inclusion, you know, creating a a space that cultivates that cultivates acceptance, you know, across, you know, various departments and various people. That's that's of, of great importance to me. And so yeah, I, I'm still doing some soul searching to sort of figure it out. But, you know, I I love sports. I love storytelling. And so I'm really trying to hone in now as I get a little bit older on my passions of, you know, creating a better place and a better world for women and, uh, you know, for people of color and just society, you know, I think inclusiveness is, is incredibly important. And so that's what I'm, what I'm leaning into right now and trying to find that intersectionality with that. And because it very much is prevalent in sports. And you're not just doing that in your job. You're also, and you alluded to this, speaking to students and fellow alumni about your experiences. So I know that you in the month of March will be speaking to some Seton Hall folks about your career and your experience within the sports industry. Talk to me about why it's important for you to be out there and be speaking in these different spaces. I think for me, it's important to have visibility among students. Uh, obviously, within my role as a senior publicist, like I think it's important for people to, to see, you know, I, I always felt when I was in school, like, like looking at someone at ESPN, it's almost like untouchable, right? Like it's like the dream job, like making connections is hard. And so I want to be able to create that accessibility within the Seton Hall community and even just, uh, you know, with students uh, across the board, you know, in in a non-pandemic setting, I would be on the road for college game day. And, you know, every week, you know, there, there would be an interest of either having students come to just take a look at the set um, and meet the crew or, you know, speak to a student group. And all of that's very important to me and something that 
I always try to make time for. And I think the other part of it is, as a woman of color, I want there to be visibility for other students of color to see that there is somebody in that role that they might want to have. Because, you know, the the reputation, obviously, of sports is that it's a very male-dominated space. It's a white male-dominated space. And so I, I want people to see me in the role talking about it to know that they, you know, there, there's a motto of if, if you see it, you can be it. And so I, I want to be able to instill that hope into people. I love that. I feel like you shared great insights already and great advice already. But if there's one piece of advice or one takeaway, you would want a recent graduate or a current student to walk away from this episode with, what would that be? I would say it's don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone. You know, I, my, my background obviously is in sports, but I have a business degree. You know, I, I have a background in, in, in journalism and in PR, but you know, I have a business degree. And so even when I was interning, I wanted to make sure that sports was definitely it for me. And I ended up taking internships with like a a small PR agency in the city Um, that handled beauty products. You know, I love fashion, I love beauty. And so, but I wanted to, you know, explore and see if there were other opportunities that that maybe would be my calling. You know, I I interned for IMG as well, or formerly IMG, now it's WME, uh, within their fashion department. So there are just things that I tried to explore just to make sure. But those experiences, you know, I took a, I took a great deal away from them. So being able to, you know, to sort of explore all avenues of your interests, you know, to make sure and to just, you know, solidify with yourself that you're making the right decisions for what's best for your future. I have to ask, how does your family feel knowing that you are over at ESPN? Uh, (laughs) I remember when I got the job, everyone was like, what are you going to be doing? Like, this is so cool. And so I think, I think like, I feel like every person's like family is like this, where they don't exactly know what you're doing, yeah. <laughs> like what your job entails, Yes, but they think it's really cool. So the other day, my mom actually, my mom has been with me to like one or two events that I have been working and she got to meet a bunch of people that I work with. She met Jay Billis. She met Seth Greenberg and she met Dick Vitale, um, who has also seen Holland. That's right. And, you know, never asks me about like headlines or like things that are going on in the news that obviously would be something I'm, I would be managing. But the other day she comes in and she says, oh, did you see Dickie V's new Geico commercial? I'm like, yes, I did. Um, so those are sort of the connections that people make, uh, which I think is fun. But yeah, I mean, I think I've always had my family support and I think I think that's uh, that's incredibly important. Um, but I definitely, definitely gained some cool points when I got this job. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so true about, I mean, at least in some professions, them not really knowing the full scope of what you do, but knowing you do something that sounds pretty cool. I think you hit the nail on the head, at least in my <laughs> well. 
Yes, yes. Well, Anna, it has been an absolute pleasure to hear your story, to learn from you, to gain insights into how you achieve the success in your career and also just insights into your career. I think to the point that we were just talking about, we don't actually know all that happens behind the scenes and you've given us a little bit of a glimpse into what that is like. So thank you for that. Is there anything else you want to make sure you share with our audience before before we wrap this up? Yeah, I will just say for anyone that is, you know, looking for more information or just looking to talk more about what I do, um, you know, my my DMs are open. I can provide my email to anyone who reaches out. My Twitter is at it's Anna Negron. So and I think my email is also public. So you can find that on the ESPN site, but please feel free to reach out. I'm here to help, you know, and obviously my heart leans with my fellow pirates and I'm always looking to get back to a school that gave so much to me. Thank you so much. And thank you for being such an open and giving member of the community. We'll be sure to mention those things in our show notes and give everyone an opportunity to follow you on your social media channels. Anna, again, thank you so much. It was absolutely a pleasure hearing from you and talking about your Seton Hall story. Thank you. This was fun. Anna is just one of more than 100,000 alumni who demonstrate what great minds can do with a Seton Hall education. If you know of a pirate that we should have our eye on, don't hesitate to email us at alumni at shu.edu. Stay up to date with all of the virtual experiences being offered to alumni by visiting www.shu.edu slash hall hub. Share the news of this podcast with your friends. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us at Seton Hall Alumni on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join me for the next episode of the Seton Hall Pirate's Eye podcast.